always. It's so good to be with you. And may I say that you are a very wonderful and loving parish community. I love being with you. It, it really fills my soul with great joy and cheer every time we gather together to celebrate the Holy Mass. This evening's readings are, they're very varied. They're all over the place, actually. Uh, but there, there is a common theme to them, and probably themes would be a better way to put it. The one I would like to focus on this evening is the dignity of the body. January is the month when we typically turn our hearts and minds to the respecting of life, and it seems only appropriate that we would speak this evening about the dignity of the body. Now, what is it that makes your body of inestimable worth, of inestimable dignity? Well, is it the mineral value of your body? Probably not, since that's about a dollar uh, in uh, U.S. dollars. It's not a whole lot. Maybe you get a couple more pennies if you have a few extra pounds. I don't know. But it's not that. That's not where your dignity lies. If not, then where does it lie? Well, I want to give you three fantastic answers that arise out of our awesome faith about where our dignity comes from. Why should we be so dignified when it comes to the human body? Dignity answer number one, God willed your body into existence. In other words, God chose to make you. What did he do? He made you out of the ground, didn't he? He formed you out of the ground, and then he breathed life into you, and you became a living being. Well, that's probably, you know, since we were made from the dirt, maybe that's why we're only worth about a dollar. I don't know. But I like what it said in Genesis 1.26. God said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. Think about that. That is astounding. Do you, do you realize how special that makes you? See, God's saying, let us make man in our own image or our own likeness. Let me say this. Never, ever call yourself a mistake because God intentionally created you. You are a person of great dignity and worth. Dignity answer number two that comes out of our wonderful faith. God gave your body a soul and made you a person. Made you a person. Now, this is core. This is, this is one of the fundamental truths about life. You get this one right, and everything else tends to fall in place. See, when your body and soul come together, you become a person. A person is what you become, and this is very important because it means that as a person, you are capable of having a unique relationship with God. Now, life is beautiful. Animals, creatures, even the angels are created beings of God, but none of them have this potential that we have, that we possess to have this uniqueness of relationship with God. And so I love what that first reading. 
uh, it says that God came in the night and he revealed to Samuel his presence while Samuel was a little boy. Uh, what does he say to him? Think about this. God, the creator of the universe, approaches Samuel and says, Samuel, Samuel, and what does Samuel say? Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Um, and what happens is it starts a relationship. There is a wonderful relationship that begins to take place between Samuel and God. And it's the same way with you, Kelly. Kelly, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Craig, Craig, here I am, Lord. And there, that relationship begins. That's powerful. Um, and I'm, I'm being totally honest when I say this, and I'm feeling it right now. Such a thought should send chills down your spine. It's that wonderful. It's that amazing. See, you're not a something. You know, we in the world today tend to look at people as objects. You're not a something. You're a somebody. You're a somebody in God's eyes. And that's the game changer that unlocks the very secret, the very reason for your existence. So if you've ever asked why you are here, here's why. You are here to have a relationship with God. And everything else, everything is peripheral to that. It all is peripheral to that. God made you a person so that he could have a relationship with you. Dignity answer number three, God in the person of the Holy Spirit lives within you. Now this one is really brought out in the second reading tonight, isn't it? I call this one the icing on the cake of dignity. That's what I call it. You know, we like, we like our cake and icing too. Well, here it is for your dignity because this option of receiving the Holy Spirit on the inside did not occur until Jesus performed his work on the cross of giving him, laying his life down for you in order that you might be restored to God. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing because what happens is when you are baptized, you receive forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit. That's why baptism is so important. It's vitally essential. I, there's no way I would go around without being baptized. No way. Because there's that forgiveness of sin and there's the receiving of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Isn't that what Paul said tonight? Didn't he say, Corinthians, don't you know that you that the, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit that lives within you, referring to your body? That's powerful. I mean, that's really, really powerful. See, there's so many important reasons why our body is of such worth and such dignity. And what I'd like to do is conclude by touching on what could be considered some frequently asked questions about the body. Frequently asked question number one, when do we get our body? That's a good question, isn't it? Well, it occurs at the moment of conception. Go back and read some of the beautiful Psalms as it talks about this very sacred, this very holy thing, because it's at the moment of conception 
The human body receives a soul. Now, a lot of people today, they think at the moment of conception, it's just a bunch of cells. It's like a biological clump. There is no way. That clump, as people call it, is, receives a soul from God. Now, I can understand if you're not someone who's in touch with spiritual life that you would think, well, it's just, it's just cells. That's all it is. It's not. It's a human. It's a, what is it we call it? A person. It is a person. That's exactly what it is. And that person has a soul. See, the soul and the body become one and make a person, a human being. I like that way of calling it. Number two question, what about reincarnation? Um, that seems to be a real popular thought today. Well, reincarnation is nowhere a part of Christian thought. It doesn't exist. It, it's part of other world religions. See, the body and the soul, they are inseparably bound. They are inseparably bound together at the moment of conception, and they are immortal. They are immortal. Now, while Paul said at the time of physical death, the body is placed in a state of rest. It's not a terminal ending of state. And then it says the soul goes on to be with God, to meet God until, it's temporary, right? Until that glorious day when Jesus returns and he calls us forth out of the grave and into the air where with our resurrected body, body and soul come together and we go to live with God forever. Now this is some pretty outstanding stuff, I'll be honest with you, but this is what our faith, this is what we profess at least that we believe. These are, these are the tenets of our faith. And if all my faith did for me was just give me a place to do something good, I don't need it. I really don't need it. This is what I need. I need hope. I need to know that life doesn't end uh, when we physically die. I need to know that I'm going to be with Jesus forever. The frequently asked question number three, is the body good? Or as some people call it, is the body totally depraved? Now that's something that started uh, the depravity of the body. Have you ever heard that word? It's a little old. It started about 200 years ago, actually. But it means that there's nothing good about the body. But uh, I don't see it that way. The church definitely doesn't see it that way. The body should be considered good. It should be considered good because God created it. And God's going to resurrect the body into a glorified state when Jesus returns. See, we're not to despise our bodies. We really aren't. But we are to be aware of and deal with the damaging effects that sin has upon us. Well, sin has, you say, well, sin has no effect on my body. Is your body getting older? Is it going to wear out? Is it getting sick? What do you think that is? That's the damaging effects of sin. Uh, Paul talks about that very clearly in the book of Romans. See, you have to realize that. But here's the good news. Here we go through Jesus again. 
is through Jesus, Paul says that we are dead to sin. Have you ever tried to do something to somebody that's physically dead? Well, it doesn't work, does it? They're dead. They're dead to that. It no longer has an effect. Paul was saying that to us. That's the kind of grace that we have. And he says we're dead to sin, and what are we then? We are alive to God. We're alive to God. Uh, See, our reason for being has been restored, and it's a wonderful thing. Question number four, are men and women created equal? We get that question a lot. Well, of course they are. Of course men and women are created equal. And if you go to that next verse that we just looked at a while ago in Genesis 1, here's what it says. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, think about that. See, there, there's that category of man, you might call it. But within it is male and female. And there is definitely an equality there. But there's also complementing each other. We are created in a way that we complement each other, such as probably one of the perfect examples is having children, right? Bearing children. Uh, there is that sense of complement that we have with each other. But in the eyes of God, we're created equal. Uh, Do physical or mental disabilities make you less of a person? Now, I know people like to laugh. I know people like to talk. They like to look down on those who have disabilities. But God doesn't do that. See, God, that's why the church is so strong about no discrimination. Because God does not discriminate against us and the body. We are to be opposed to that. that that's, that's a beautiful thing. And, I, and especially every time that I walk into a room of someone who has Alzheimer's, you know, in some of the later stages of it, I have to remind myself that soul is perfectly intact. You know, it's perfectly intact. It's all good. Um... Is the soul the gray matter we call the brain? Now, this is a modern question today, it's a, and it's becoming a very popular notion. See, here's what happens. The further you get away from faith, and you take God out of the picture, and all you have is what you see and what you can prove, then God, you know, these things have to go away. So... The only explanation then is that the brain is the soul. But is it? You know, uh, I went up to a famous neuroscience one time, a, a scientist, I was at a conference, and I said, is the soul and the brain the same? He said, yeah, they're the same. We just use different words to describe them. I don't buy that. I do not buy that at all. When the, when the body dies... When it is laid in a state of rest, the brain stays with it. And it, it turns to dust also, doesn't it? Uh, but the soul goes on to be with God. It's such a terminal outlook. See, when you take God out of the picture, which is what our culture is doing today, then everything that, it makes sense to do what you think because God's not there, but God is a part of it. Uh, number seven, there's two more. 
are immoral acts, meaning performing actions with the body that are offensive to God, are they damaging to the body? Well, the answer is yes, absolutely. Uh, undignified actions are not only an affront to the Holy Spirit. Remember, where does the Holy Spirit live? He lives in your body, right? In, within your body. But they also damage the body that God has given us. So, Father Dave, are you saying that pornography is damaging to the body? Well, absolutely it's damaging to the body. Absolutely it is. It's out of place. It's out of place. It's out of the normalcy of what the body is, as well as adultery and fornication. These types of sins, uh, they, they, they hurt us, they harm us. And what we're called to do is be good stewards. See, God has given us our body. God has given us the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what the scriptures teach us tonight? And we are to use those as good stewards. And that means that we treat our bodies with great dignity and worth as they are to receive. And then the last question is this. This is one that comes up, uh, only been on the radar for a year. Is receiving the COVID vaccination in line with the dignity of the body? Have you asked that question yet? I bet everybody's asked that question. I've asked it many times, actually. <clears throat> Let me say this. Now, while it is up to the discretion of every individual, the church strongly encourages the church to receive the vaccine. And this is based upon several different reasons. It's based upon moral reasons. Uh, if you studied this much, you know there's a lot of moral reasons about that have to be considered when taking this vaccine. Because where does this vaccine come from? There's a, a, a big moral issue that's in it, actually. Uh, ethical reasons and reasons of goodwill. To be good, to do good in the world. Personally, when they call me or email me and say, you can, you're ready, I'm going to be there. I'm going to get in the line and I'm going to get the vaccination. Um, I'd like to leave you with a couple thoughts for reflection this evening. Sorry if I went over a little bit there. Um, but this is so critical. This is so critical to our faith and to our life. And we're getting all of these mixed messages today that's saying to the contrary. See, the idea of the dignity of the body is nothing short of awesome. Isn't that what, and as we heard in the gospel reading today, Jesus calls the apostles to follow him. Well, he's calling us to do the same thing. And he's calling us to follow him in order to discover all of the many wonderful and inspiring things that God has in store for you. And the second thing is this. Maybe this has sparked interest. I, I hope it has because this is a very important issue today um, about knowing about your body. Here's three sources that are fantastic. The Holy Scripture, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and the other one is the great treatise written by St. John Paul II called The Theology of the Body. Those are three wonderful sources. God bless all of you, and keep hanging in there.